our final look at our series, Rescued, Past, Present, and Future, begins next on today's broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Over the course of the past few weeks, here on our weekend broadcast of Truth For Today, Pastor Phil Howard has taken us to the book of Romans to show us the rescue from our sins, a rescue that is past, present, and future. We would invite you to join us here in Romans chapter 8, verses 1 through 13, as we have a final look at our series, Rescued, Past, Present, and Future. Slavery to sin has ended for the rescue. With more, here's Pastor Phil in today's program. The flesh and the spirit will be at war, but the spirit is stronger. And you can have his help if you'll only make yourself available to him. Now that's good news for the Christian. Because, you know, being around Christians for, oh, I've been around them all my life. But as a Christian, 60 years I've been in the church. And I've met a lot of miserable Christians. Uh, I'm thinking, you're not good advertisement. What's your problem? Indigestion? Uh, personality uh, where is the fruit of the spirit I, do, I don't see joy I don't see peace I don't feel love uh, I see crankiness I see a little bit of wretchedness a little bit of maybe you're miserable about something uh, I, I don't see uh, because maybe you've not been yielding to the spirit and the spirit's not been able to produce his fruit Perhaps you've been quenching him, grieving him. But he says the grace people have got a new power source. You remember what Jesus said to those men that all proved to be so overwhelmed with fear they became cowards on the night of his betrayal and his trial. And they all fled. We all make Peter the culprit because he made the boast. But they all fled. All of them. And I think I would too. You know, when I read the Gospels, the one failing in the narrative is a picture of me. Christ isn't the picture of me. I flee too. I want to get out of this thing alive. Have you ever went silent that you knew him on a job or in school? You didn't want anyone to find out you know him? You can breathe heavy. We've all been there. Well, when you got the Roman legions in front of you and, and, and your, your founder is getting ready to be crucified, it'd be easy to bail out. And Jesus says, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. And he's going to be a good way to translate the word comforter. It literally means called alongside of to help. And so it could be called the encouraging helper called alongside to help. Uh, He comes to encourage and he comes to help. Now, basically he says to us, can that spirit that raised my son from the dead, do you think he has enough power to help you overcome lust? 
Does he have enough power to overcome the indwelling sin that you deal with day in and day out? We're so used to our sin that we call it my humanity. I can't change. No, you can't, but you've got someone that's a change agent. And he's come in you. And so the grace life is I'm not under penalty for when I fail. I get disciplined, but I don't get penalized in the sense of divine judgment, you know. I'm going to be disowned. Two, I've got extra help. Three, I live with a new perspective. Uh, Verses 5 through 8. He said there's two kinds of people. People who set their mind on the things of the flesh. And people who set their mind on things of the spirit. And if you set your mind on things of the flesh, you will experience death. Relational death. Relational death. Eventually physical death. Eventually spiritual separation from God. But then he said, there's a mindset that sets its mind on the things that come from the spirit. You see that? Listen, that verse 5. For those who live according to the flesh, what do they do with their minds? They set their minds on the things of the flesh. Fifteen works of the flesh in Galatians. They set their mind on hate, discord, uh, sexual impurity, uh, drunkenness. All these various works of the flesh. They got their mind on them. That's where their mind goes. You could be in a room with an event that is neutral. But if you have a, a fallen mind... They can always see the dirt in it. Where a regenerate mind sees no evil because they're not looking for it. Do you see some folks, they always find something dirty in everything. Because Titus said, to the pure, all things are pure. To the defiled, everything's dirty. You put a pretty, room, a, a pretty woman in a room with a dirty man He could turn her into being dirty. To a godly man, she's a nice-looking woman. And either pray for her salvation or thank God we have such beautiful sisters. But there's nothing dirty about a woman. A pastor friend of mine went to see a man in his 80s in an iron lung. And when he got through the visit, he's getting ready to go. Uh, The pastor asked him, is there anything I could be praying with you about? And he said, yeah, pastor, I'm struggling with lust. Wait, wait, you're in an iron lung. You're 80 years old. And he said, this is still active right there. So he said, where do you set your mind? You know what we commonly use? We use Philippians 4, 6 all the time. We say, don't be anxious about a thing. Pray. And what? God's peace will guard your hearts and minds. You know what we often forget is verse 8. Put your mind on things above. Put your mind on things that are honorable, pure, whole. And he lists things. Colossians 3.1 said, set your frame of thinking. The old King James was affections, but it's really frame of thinking. Frame of Set your way of thinking 
on things above where Christ, who is your life, is seated. Do you ever think above the headlines, above the dirt, above the earth? Do you ever set your frame of thinking on things? Do you ever get homesick for heaven? And I'm not talking on April 15th. No, no. I mean, are you homesick for heaven? Not just when your mother-in-law visits. I mean, you're homesick for heaven. Do you ever think about heaven? Set your way of thinking on things above. You see, Jesus did something radical in the Sermon on the Mount. The rabbis had it all figured out. And everything dealt with your deed. With your deed. Don't kill a man. Jesus said, I forbid you to hate a man. Wait, wait. I didn't, I didn't kill him. I just hate him. I want to choke him. Oh, oh, oh. And Jesus said, uh, that didn't come from me. Matter of fact, that's a sin in my kingdom. Oh, I'm lusting for this woman, but we didn't do anything. Yes, you did. You had a moment to look and the rest of the time to flee. You can look, but you can't lust. You know, you know that just because you become a Christian, women don't get ugly. I mean, I know some brothers, they'd have me dress all the women in sackcloth to control their minds. Been kind of hard to do around here. No, 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 no. No, don't worry about how the women are dressing. Worry about how you're thinking. How you're thinking. Right there. And he said, we, we set our mind thinking on the fruit of the Spirit. Thinking on the thing. That's why if you don't get in the Word and let God renew, renew your mind and scrub out the old categories of thinking, scrub out the old way of thinking about life, you're always going to be dirty. You're always going to be negative. He said, I want in this grace way of living, it's not just in how you behave, but it's in how you think. That's right. How you think, how you interpret data. Fourth thing, the grace life is a life of total dependence on the Spirit of God. Look at verse 9. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. There's only two kinds of people. In the flesh, in the spirit. Since, in fact, it's a condition of fact, the spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong to him. Every child of God has the Holy Spirit. You don't get it, do you? Every child of God has the Holy Spirit. You're carrying around more power in you than you could ever imagine. And yet you get defeated Christians like, I, I'm not able. I, I'm, wait, wait. God knew that. That's why he gave, saved you and gave you the Spirit. Yeah, but there's not enough power there. I haven't talked in tongues. I haven't had dreams. I haven't had visions. I haven't uh, healed anybody lately. I can't help it. Come on now. You could be a tongue talker and be as carnal as any Corinthian. 
Every child of God has the Holy Spirit. And he's in you who seem to feel comfortable with defeat and with joyless Christianity. You know why? You probably put yourself under rules. Probably put yourself under law. Because you think rule keeping is why God saved you. Oh, throw it out the window. He saved you to be intimate with him, not to keep rules. That's not the relationship. No, sir. He wants a people that love him. You know, this marriage will last as long as, honey, don't you ever get to weigh over 120. Whoa. You mean that was in the vows? Well, we, we want a pre-nuptial agreement on how much you weigh. And, and by the way, don't ever get old. If you ever see a wrinkle, I'm walking. Well, what about you, you buzzers? You get old, too. You know, all these conditions for a loving relationship? You're kidding. This is law. This is rules. You mean Jesus? That's why you saved me. I want someone who knows how to walk it. How about somebody that can love you? I'll just, I'll just be available. How, you said you married me in Romans 7, that I might bear your fruit. And bearing your fruit as your bride is simply being available and being intimate with you. And then I'm fruitful. I don't bear any fruit keeping rules. Man, I grew up with so many rules in church. It's absurd. I thought the rules were Christianity. They were just nothing but Ma Jones' idea of what a woman ought to look like and a man ought to look like. Hey, we're free in Christ. There's this good old song that says, Free from the law, O happy condition. Jesus has died and there is remission. Free from the law, O happy condition. Wait, 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 but wait. I, we we got to ushers check them on the way out. They're planning to go get drunk right after this service because they're not under law. Does it work that way? No, no. Who wants to sin against God's grace? Makes you want to follow him. The grace life is a life of dependence. God knows how weak we are. God knows how weak you are. And he said, uh, just rely on me. But you know what we do? I hear people say, well, well, I've got a temper problem. Well, good. Well, I've got a lust problem. Well, good. What are you doing about it? Well, I'm trusting myself. Uh, I'm taking an anger management class. How are you doing? Well, I've been mad at the instructor. <laughs> but you know what? And God's saying, uh, you know, I gave you another help. Have you called for his help? No, I don't need your help. I got this. You do. Well, let, let, let's watch you fail. Yeah, come on now. Let's watch you fail. See, you got more power than you're calling on. Because he said, I'm telling you, walk in the Spirit. Walk by means. Of, I told you to keep yourself under the control and full of the Are you spirit-filled? Well, uh, uh, are you? And you know what part of spirit-filling means? The word literally means to fill up your deficiencies. 
Uh, he fills up your lack of a loving attitude, your lack of joy, your lack of peace. Let's just take those three manifestations of the Spirit. How are you doing on love? How are you doing on peace? How are you doing on joy? Not even get to gentleness, kindness, faith, self-control. But how are you doing there? This is what the Spirit produces when He's in control of you. Uh, do, do people accuse you of acting this way? Well, if you're relying on the Spirit, that's what He wants to produce in you and get rid of the way you acted in the old man. The fifth thing about the grace life is that uh, it's a life of constantly putting to death what used to kill you. Putting to death. Let me read you two verses. Look at verse 12 and 13. And then we'll look at Colossians. So then, brothers, we are debtors, not to the flesh. And, and flesh is not meat on the bones. It's a sin principle. To live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you are about to die. In the Greek, you're about to die. I don't know if that's physical death. uh, Or you're going to experience uh, loss of fellowship. And you sense that something's died. But if by the Spirit you are putting to death the deeds of the body... You will live. Wow. John Owen in the 1600s wrote a famous volume called The Mortification of Sin. Brilliant, brilliant Puritan writer. And it's a classic. You may read it sometime, but you need about to know about four languages. It's difficult to read because he's so brilliant. Look at Colossians 3.5. Are you there? Okay. Collisions 3.5. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. What do you mean, God? Oh, I'm glad you asked. Sexual immorality. The pagan world was as penetrated with it as the San Francisco Bay Area. Impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness. I want more. I want more. All Americans are taught to covet, not to be content. Which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these you too once walked when you were living in them. But now you must put away anger Wrath, malice, that's hatred, slander, talking people down, obscene talk from your mouth. Stop lying to one another, seeing that you've put off the old man or the old self with his practices. And you put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Put on then, watch this, verse 12. As God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, put on a compassionate heart. 
You can feel for people's needs. Don't be a a wealthy, non-compassionate capitalist. I got mine, you get yours. If God had treated you that way, you wouldn't be saved. No, no, put it on. Are you a naturally compassionate person? Go ahead. I'm not going to look. <laughs> no, most of us have to learn it, especially if you're a man. Because you're always, men are, are, uh, have to be protected. They've got to watch other guys that want to fight, want to conquer. And to be compassionate, you've got to be kidding. No, I want to hit them before they hit me. Uh, kindness, humility, meekness, patience. He said, all this stuff you put on. So you're putting to death sin. Putting to death the word. Now that means you're going along. Negative thought, sinful thought, lust, slander, against people, covetous, wanting something that's not whatever category. And he said, you must at that time said, wait, wait, you got to talk to that sin. You got to talk to yourself. Amen. Say, sin, listen to me. You've killed me for most of my life. I recognize you. Your sin, you're wrong. I've died with Christ. My Savior went to the cross for this very thing you're tempting me to do. You talk. Do you talk to yourself? You know you do. You're told to. So you talk to it. So if you hear your husband in the other room talking out, good, he might be putting to death sin. Lord, that's a wrong attitude. That's a wrong thought. And right now, I come to you, Lord. I want to rely on your spirit, and I judge it now. I judge it as wrong. Remove it from me. Take it from Now, while you're praying that, you're not staring at Playboy. You do that while you're fleeing. You get away from that person that's getting you stirred up, and even to hate, anger, lust. You, get, you, you do make practical steps, but you go and you put to death. It's a way of life. While the fruit of the Spirit is being born, you are killing every work of the flesh that rises up in your heart. And so what you're doing, you get to kill the sin that used to kill you. See, you get to kill the sin that used to kill you. Uh, bad mouth. Uh, oh my bad look you can I mean all these various practices of our sin principle that was all a natural way of living before we came to Christ now while I'm enjoying the fruit of the spirit I'm enjoying the enablement of the spirit I'm in warfare with all these same old lusts that come put them to death one by one one by one it's called warfare. It's warfare, spiritual warfare. And uh, you know what? The, the worst thing about any place you go is that you take you. Uh, isn't that your greatest enemy? Uh, did you know when the devil is bound for a thousand years, there will still be sin? 
When the devil's not around to tempt you, you'll still be tempted to sin. It comes from within. Within the heart of man. But this grace life, grace life, uh, we've been given a brand new way of living. And this is Truth For Today, the radio ministry of Valley Bible Church here in Hercules, and our teacher and pastor, Pastor Phil Howard. Thank you for spending time with us today. As always, it is a pleasure and a delight studying God's Word with you that we might mutually grow in our love and admiration for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If you have questions about today's program, maybe you have a question about your own walk or relationship with the Lord, we would love to talk with you. No strings attached. Give us a call, and we'd be more than happy to answer any questions we can or pray with you. Our phone number is 855-833-9864. If you would rather write to us, here's our address, 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278. We're here in Hercules, the zip code 94547. So again, you can reach us by phone, by mail, or better yet, stop by our website and drop us an email. Let us know you paid us a visit. You can find us at truthfortodayradio.org. That's truthfortodayradio.org. And then if you would like to join us here at Valley Bible Church for worship, Sunday services are at 9 and 11, and directions can be found at our website, truthfortodayradio.org, or by calling 855 833-9864. And then come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard.